Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Guarded at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks good tuesday afternoon it is indeed Tuesday, March 21st. We welcome you into the show. This is show 238, and we do have a lot to get to, Chris, so let's get right with it. All right. That was Perry Lester who, who said that, and uh, we have Rick Swan as our uh, host to be named later. And, uh, yeah, the agenda for our first show of spring is very spring-like. We have all kinds of sports going all at once. We have a little NASCAR right off the top. Then we're going to do uh, the college scene is big, of course, with the NCAA. We're down to the Sweet 16. We'll have the schedule for that in a, by region so that you'll kind of know what the matchups are. And we can talk about each region as we go through it. Then we'll go through some of the highlights of the tournament and some of the interesting things that happen. And we'll also talk about a little women's basketball, a little women's hockey, the, uh, the men's hockey's getting ready to go. NFL, we'll talk about. We'll talk about baseball. We're only 10 days away, nine days away from the opening of the season. We have a couple of media stories, and we have NBA, and uh, we have to report the death of Willis Reed, who just died uh, today at 80 years old, and we will have a, an actuality from Bill about a three-minute feature on Willis Reed today. But Joe Logano won in Atlanta this week. Uh, and uh, so we don't know much about the race. Nobody was watching it, at least all of us guys, because we were doing basketball and everything else. But, um, you know, and then on uh, apparently Hendrick Motorsports was punished for the cheating in the wind for cheating in the winds of William Byron with the last two races before Joey Logano's win. What they did was they illegally modified the hoods of their cars. And so all four Hendrick's cars uh, were modified. Mm-hmm. Crew chiefs has been suspended for four weeks and a hundred, uh, thousand dollar fine for the team and there's each car was docked a hundred um driver points and also 10 stage points so that's uh, not a good thing for them but uh certainly sounds like uh something that needed to be taken care of and of course they look at these cars after the races and sometimes it takes a few days to find out okay so we have the matchups for thursday and saturday first and then friday and sunday we'll i'll run down the schedule for each region what i like that they're doing they're starting games at 6 30 and 9 o'clock so that they've got them uh, a little earlier than they used to be. And they also used to start them closer together. You used to see like 7.15 and 7.45. So what you're hoping is you get everything done by midnight Eastern both days, and you also have like 45 minutes between, you know, the games so that like 6.30, 7.15 works like that for the two first games. So you should be able to be about halftime of one when the other one starts or close to it. So you really get a feel for it. And sometimes games are a little close to each other. So in the East, the first games that will be played, we'll have on Thursday, and this is in New York, we have Michigan State and Kansas State in the first game, and then Florida Atlantic and Tennessee in the second game. What are you guys thinking about that region? 
I'm Michigan I'm State and Kansas State should be interesting. Yeah. Yes. They should. I'm liking Kansas State and Tennessee coming out of that one in, in a final. And then probably – and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee comes out of that region. Yeah, yeah. they, they uh, And those are on TBS, by the way. Yeah. Those are on okay. TBS. Yeah. And then uh, we go to the uh, the uh, west in Las Vegas, and we have Arkansas at, UC- at UConn at 7.15. And then at 9.45, the one that everybody in the west is waiting for, and everybody around the country, too. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga and UCLA are at nine forty-five, and I think those are two really good games. Yeah, those oh, games yeah. should I, both be good. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I like I like UCLA, I like UConn, and I I I'll have I think UConn might actually come out of the West. I think the West is the toughest. It's probably the toughest region this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, UConn's been uh, playing pretty good uh, the last. You know, they had they had a great start. Remember, they were fourteen and zero. Then they kind of dipped in the middle of the season, but they've mounted back pretty strongly in the last uh, two or three weeks. So they're uh, they're in pretty good shape there. And that UCLA Gonzaga game, what was it like a two point game or something a couple of years ago in the NCAA? So, yeah, uh, yeah, very close. So they're they're certainly going to be. And then we go to to Friday. And in the mid- Midwest, we have at uh, six thirty, we have uh, Miami and Houston, and then at uh, uh, that's it. I'm sorry, I think I, no, I skipped. I'm sorry. Let's do the South first. Yeah. That's the first game. Uh, we have Alabama at San Diego State at six thirty, and then uh, and then and this is in Louisville, and then Princeton and Creighton at uh, nine. And I'm I'm thinking that Alabama uh, should should be probably be able to take away take care of San Diego State. Yeah, that's a, that's Alabama's region to lose. Yeah, yeah, and Ted, yes. and, Ted and his boys can go home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, is coming out of that one. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Creighton, Creighton should take care of uh, Princeton. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you would think so, but we all you would have thought the first two teams would have, and they didn't. Yeah. So. Well, nope. I think what's happening, and I think this is just a little advantage for the because we have the transfer portal, transfer portal, and we have people getting in and you know from moving from one school to another. But a lot of these places, like Princeton, you really go to Princeton because you want to go to Princeton, or you go to maybe Fairleigh Dickinson because you really want to go to Fairleigh Dickinson. You're not necessarily thinking about being a pro, and it puts a little cohesiveness into the team. And I think in in a few Ooh. matchups. You know, your talent will out. You know, talent will win. But I think cohesiveness can do some good, too. And so I think that's why you're going to see more of these early round uh, upsets because you have people floating into a program and back out again the next year. And so I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be more for the high seed, you know, the low seed to, to get something done. So we'll see. And then uh, for the for the other games in the Midwest, which is being played in Can- Kansas City, Miami and Houston, and at 7.15 and at 9.45, we have Xavier and Texas on Friday night. Maybe a so, Texas uh, matchup. Yeah, I'm it's thinking it's going to be a Houston. I, that's what I'm thinking, a Houston versus Texas. I think, though, coming out of Sunday, I think Houston will end up beating Texas because they want to win it in their home city because and and Jim Nance, Houston alum, Houston uh, pro golf, uh, Houston on the Houston golf team, calling his last Final Four in Houston. So yeah. I think Houston has a lot of that momentum. Texas been playing very well. Rodney Terry still the interim coach. I think he's played enough now to where maybe maybe he can get a chance as a full head coach because I don't know what big name they would really want to go get. The, I mean, but I think you know getting to the Elite Eight and you know will be a good. Uh, deal for them, but I think Houston's just going gonna to take it away, I think, coming out of the region. So for the conferences yeah. right now, Sean figured this out. We have the SEC with three, the Big East with three, uh, Big 12 with two. Mm-hmm. We have one each for ACC, 
Big Ten, uh, the Pac-12, uh, the Mountain West, the West Coast, and the America, and the USA, and the Ivy. So it looks like, you know, we talked about which leagues are better and all this. We talked about the Big 12, and we talked about uh, the Big East. and all. It looks like it really is a turned out. And, of course, it all has to do with matchups. But the two best leagues look like finally coming down. And they were in contention for it because uh, they had people in the top 25 and stuff. But the Big East and, and the SEC seemed like the ones that really kind of ended up showing the bet here. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so we'll so see. We'll see what happens, but yeah, okay. So we got. Uh, let's see. Uh, so that we have left in the tournament: uh, two ones, two twos, uh, three threes, two fours, uh, two fives, one six, one seven, one eight, and one nine, and one fifteen. Of course, Princeton. And, and of, of course, course, the two ones that are gone are Kansas and Purdue. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've got stats on what, what Purdue's been losing too lately. It's making yeah. Indiana, uh, Indiana University fans kind of happy, even though they got knocked out too. So the fourth fifteen yeah. to make it into the Sweet Sixteen, Florida Gulf Coast in 2013, and in the last three years we've had one: Oral Roberts in 21, and St. Peter's last year, who also made the Elite Eight, and then uh, Princeton, you know, uh, this year. So. Uh, and so we had some milestones for some of the programs. Penn State hadn't been in the tournament since 2011, and they got their first win since 2001. So that was pretty cool for them, even though they got knocked out by Texas. Uh, Furman hadn't uh, won since 1974 in the tournament, and I don't think they've been in since 1980. So that that was good for them. Uh, two play-ins won, and we'd never had that before with uh, Pitt and FDU. Uh, and then we almost had three with Arizona State. They almost won their game. Yeah, and then uh, and the Princeton first Ivy League team uh, for men and women to win in the same year. That's pretty amazing stat. But uh, no Ivy League team had had men and women win in the tournament in the same year before. And Purdue has lost to uh, the last few appearances to a 13, a 15, and a 16. That's not good. <laughs> and. And the thing with them, I mean, yeah, we remember five years ago when Virginia lost to Maryland, Baltimore County, but this time it was a 16 that was a play-in. This is the first time a 16 has ever won a play-in game, came out of the play-in round, and, or the, the first round, excuse me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> they, yeah, I think first, they've given up. So everybody yeah. is calling, I think everybody's called, like, the game and Saturday, the, the second-round games. I don't think anybody's fooling And them. And the fact that they – didn't even win their conference, you know, Merrimack under, you know, each conference has that rule about the three-year or four-year that you have to play, uh, you know, be Division One. Merrimack, in all rights, should have been there, but they're in their last year, so Fairleigh Dickinson won, and now, of course, their head coach moving on to Iona because, uh, you know, uh, Rick right. Pacino going on to St. John, so. Yeah, but we'll yep. get to those coaching things. Bill, well, what are they saying in the state of Indiana as regards to Purdue? What I've heard on our our talk shows is that Purdue needs to get more in the guard play. The the Edie is good, but they don't really have that much around him. Two freshman guards, an All-American center, you know, 7-4, but the whole team just didn't play together. But they've, what, it's the last two or three years, they have choked big time. I mean, big time. You're talking about number one during a good part of the year. This happened last year also. So this year was even more pronounced. And it's really bad. And Indiana's not playing up to their potential. But they just don't have the talent that Purdue's got. But... 
these teams don't get good guards and they just want to go out and shoot threes, 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 threes. They don't understand that they can draw, drive the ball in and shoot twos, and they don't think about that. But Indiana is not pleased at all. So Indiana can't say much about Purdue. Until they no. win. Yeah. But you know you know, one th- one thing I would say with teams winning the Big Ten tournament, um, that has not been a positive thing the last few years because Purdue won the Big Ten tournament this year, Iowa won it last year, and at least those two have have flamed out of the NCAA right away. Yeah, they they flame out in the women's basketball team. The same thing I think Maybe the season, the demands, whatever, the schedule, whatever, they're not handling it very well. I wonder if Purdue, in, in all honesty, if they if they thought they had the talent to go a long ways, I mean, obviously you don't intentionally lose, but do you really put that much effort in? I mean, the games they had to play in that Big Ten tournament, those were tough games, too. I mean, they weren't, yep. they weren't blowing anybody out in the Big Ten tournament. No, but you figure no. this guy is Zach Eady, seven foot four, seven three. You figure he's everybody's going to want him in the lottery, the draft. I don't even know that he's going yeah. in the draft. You well, know, so there you go. Well, somebody will draft and him, but from, you know that's that's not the traditional nowadays. They don't like those big guys as much. They want the the faster guys that can uh, throw, put up the three, and be you know six ten or something like that. Well, you know? this is well, be a well Edie, hold, hold on, just a second, Robert. Hold on, just a second. Okay. Edie is seven four, yeah. but he's yeah. a pretty good player. They just didn't have a lot around him. No. No. What were you going to say, Robert? There's going to be a couple of seven foot four guys coming in out of the draft this year, so it'll be interesting to see whether the NBA actually finds a way to incorporate them. We got the yeah. guy from Purdue, and then we got the uh, the supposed number one draft pick overall, the guy from oh, Wimby. It's also seven foot Wimby. four, so you know. Yeah. Where where is he you playing know, now? I, oh, he's in France. He's, he's from France. France. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, but I like what I'm looking at. We see the first round, the first, the first couple of rounds. I mean, my the non-traditional ACC team is the one still in it. You don't see your Duke, your NC State, Virginia. Vir, Virginia, yeah, they won it in 19, but they did their usual flame out. I mean, we've always thought Virginia was kind of maybe ranked a little higher than they should have been this year. And here's my pet peeve. All right, Tennessee beat Duke. Tennessee was a four C. Duke was a five C. Now this was not on some sports cast, but you, I mean, some newscasts were talking about this. Oh, Tennessee upset Duke. No, they were the higher seed. <laughs> and I saw it with Kansas State and Kentucky. Kansas State was the three. Kentucky's the six. And Kansas, they said Kansas State upset Kentucky just because they saw. Oh, it's Duke and Kentucky, so it must yeah. have been an upset. But yeah. and the other thing I like, Florida Atlantic. I mean. They're going into the America next year because Houston's going to be go, moving into the Big 12. You know, so they're replacing, they're one of the teams replacing Houston and Cincinnati and them. But, I mean, they're a team with, we've talked about them all year. We've seen them in their ranking hanging around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and Shaka Smart, say, new school, uh, same issues. New school, same issues, going out early like he did, you know, market like he did here at Texas. Like he, you know, I mean, yeah, he won at Virginia Commonwealth and got them on the map, but. And you know, so the coach, go, go here's, ahead, the, here's the thing, though. If you realize if Drake would have done what 
Drake should have done. Boy, the ACC would be out because Drake, yep. and that they were up by eight points. They were up by eight points with um, under five minutes to go, and then they went on a 16-1 to run, Miami did. And Tucker DeVries, who I-, I wish the country would have gotten to see the true Tucker DeVries, but he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn the other night. And, I mean, it happens. No. You see it. But, I mean, sadly, that guy's a great player, and mm-hmm. he just didn't have it. I'm not sure. Do they actually game. do they practice shooting at the broadside of a barn? I was just no, they might. <laughs> here they try to throw it in the ocean. By the way, that's what <laughs> yeah. they do here. Uh, but anyway, but, so we but got no, the coach. But, but like I say, sadly, sadly though, that guy is a great. But, I mean, there's some talk that he'll at least be when he, you know, if he wants to, he could at least be G League, if not into the NBA, maybe as a free agent or something like that. So mm-hmm. that tells you that, you know, he's a good player. So a little activity in the Big East yesterday. Not only they got their three teams going, but they had St. John's hired Rick Pitino. Uh, of course, he's been out of the limelight for about uh, major college for about four years because of all his uh, dealings with the FBI probes and this and that. Well, he's now going to be right in the middle of it with St. John's and the Big East. And uh, Georgetown uh, is, has hired Ed Cooley away from Providence. Ed Cooley, actually, I didn't know was was from Providence. He, of course, was a longtime assistant with Al Kinner right. here. He's somebody been in Providence for about with, 12 years. With, uh, somebody said, though, Chris, with uh, with uh, Patino, he'll, he should fit in in New York. He'll know where the strip clubs are. Yeah. He's, he's already here with Iota. He's already here with Iota, so he knows yeah, 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 he's not he's far a, away. He's got a but, six-year deal, by the way. got a six-year deal. We are still waiting for our uh, final press conference. Uh, he said he'd come back and talk to the media in 2001 <laughs> after the Celtics, yeah. and we got uh, 22 years. I assume no. Dan Shaughnessy's probably got a... Got a uh, probably puts it in his column every uh, year about when, when the day that he was supposed to be here, you know, something like Pretty that. Now, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, the thing that surprises me, though, if you're at Cooley, why do you go to Georgetown? Georgetown's been kind know. of a mess. Why do you leave Providence? Well, You've been making the tournament. Yes, they lost, but why would, why would you go, leave there and go to Georgetown? One he's reason done very well in the transfer it. portal, but I think yeah. he's got a lot to sell with Georgetown. Georgetown's kind of a staid place. I mean, I'm not saying Providence is, is wild and crazy, but I think D.C., you know, it'll be interesting to see what he can pull off there because, uh, you know, it's it's so much the John Thompson, Patrick Ewing, and, of course, John Thompson's son in there mixed in. You know, it's it's got a – they need a whole new vibe, and this is, I think, what they're looking at is to say bring in somebody who gets you to the tournament. He hasn't had a great tournament record, but who gets you to the tournament and, um, you know – he did really well in the transfer portal last year. He brought in that guy Hopkins from Kentucky and stuff. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll another of see what another reason, does. another reason, Chris, his daughter goes to Georgetown. So that might have played some. Okay. Oh, Ooh, there you oh, go. Okay. okay. Um, he should have worked harder to get her into Providence. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, the Wisconsin women's hockey team won their championship. Beat Ohio State one to nothing, and uh, Wisconsin's won seven titles. And the coach is Mark Johnson from the 1980 Olympic team. So that's pretty cool. So the women, we got uh, some uh, stuff. We have UConn, 29 years in a row for the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, they qualified last night. That means if you – people are saying, well, it's hard to put it in perspective. I'll put it in perspective for you. The first time they made the Sweet 16 at the start of this streak, 
the OJ trial was going on. That is How about correct. that? March of 1995. <laughs> so there you go. That that tells you. And I remember that tournament. I had not paid. Uh, I knew they were good, but I wasn't paying attention. But it was going to be on TV, and it was before. That's back when they did their Final Four Saturday and Sunday, uh, or the week of the yeah. Final Four for the men. And Sean McDonough was doing the Final Four, and I watched the last of their semifinal game and then their victory over Tennessee. That was their first championship game. And I saw Sean McDonough do it on CBS TV. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, then you got uh, Miami uh, beat Indiana. Uh, why did that happen again? Well, it happened two days in a row. Miami beat Indiana in the men's yeah. tournament. Miami beat Indiana in the women's tournament. And uh, and that was the number one seed. Indiana was knocked out. And Mississippi uh, beat Stanford. And you had to be happy about that, Perry, knocking out another number one seed. Oh. Oh, no kidding. I mean, normally, I mean, I check the scores usually at the end of the day and, and, and such, but uh, the, the cool. men's games were pretty much done by that time, so I turned it on, I listened yeah. to the last day, oh, say seven, eight minutes of it, and um, Ole Miss pulled it out in uh, 54 to 49, and uh, there was a, a ball with just under a minute to go, and they had to, they went to the monitor, you know, because they could. And uh, the old Miss announcers said, "I have a feeling they're going." He said, "I have a feeling they're going to overturn this." And then they gave the ball to Ole Miss, and they had, you know they started fouling and um, pretty bad though when even he thought they were going to overturn it. Yeah. And he said he didn't have a it's, replay, so he said, "I'm just telling you what I think's going to happen." Because he said, "I don't have a monitor over here." Yeah, yeah. and the first it's time basically, since 19, first time since 1998, the two number ones have been knocked out before the Sweet 16, and that oh, part of it has to do with Connecticut being number one right. so often, although they're number two. Yeah. But the other thing is, what, it shows that it's starting to get a little more balance where you can maybe talk about 10 or 15 programs maybe could win it. You know, with the men, we we're lucky to number one survive in a given year. You know. Yeah. Well, one thing you hear, and then we'll get to Sean in just one second. One thing you hear now is that's why it's starting to grow a little bit, the women's game, is because up until now, people think, okay, normally the number ones don't get knocked out. They normally make it to the Final Four if they get yep. knocked out at all. So when when teams start to feel, okay, there's a chance, then, you know, but there's still some good players. I mean, in the, in the women's game, you still have, uh, I believe her name is Leah Boston with uh, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, Caitlin Clark with Iowa. And Caitlin Clark, by the way, carried Iowa to that win on Sunday because if she hadn't scored nearly all the points in the second half, they probably lose to Georgia. And then that's another big team gone. Sean, you were trying to say something, though. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I think, I still think this year it's South Carolina's to lose. Yes. But, it yeah, is. but the women, here's where it is. You got to remember, the men have been around since 39. The women started as an NCAA event in 82, so I would say probably the women's game is probably where the men's game was, maybe the late 70s, and, you know, like I said, yeah, you got some players like this, Haley Van Blip, or Van Bleep from Louisville, Van, Re Van Bleep or Van Blip, it's something like that, I can't remember, I've heard both, well, but yeah, you got I people like her. I hope she's won her last game last night, Sean, because they play Ole Miss in the next round. So yes, they do. Let's hope that. Yeah, they do. Let's hope she's blipped her way through the tournament. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> Iowa plays Colorado in that same. So it's possible. It's possible that it could be Ole Miss and, and Iowa on some. Uh oh, oh, you won't know what to do. Uh -oh. Well, and you know that's a, that's the thing though that uh, our producer in the five one five was really hoping that Mississippi State would have beaten uh, uh, Pitt on oh. Tuesday. Day because she really wanted me to have to say who I was going to cheer for between Mississippi State and Iowa 
state. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Tobin Anderson, uh, the guy from uh, Fairway Dickinson, got a five-year contract going from FDU to Iona. So a little bit of an upgrade for him to a bit of a stronger league. And he's in the in the coaching uh, track for uh, you know moving up even further if he keeps having success. And and, and, uh, and Chris, as as we all know that we all know that I find them when they exist. His high yes. school career started at I-35, which is just south of Des Moines. So he started at I-35 in Iowa when he was a high school coach. And his dad, of a high school, believe it or not, was I-35? a boxing. It is I-35, yes. And his dad okay. was a boxing coach of all things. Some people think they're going to a, a highway instead of a school. Yes. Yeah, it's right off the interstate. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. So any more college stuff before we go to the NFL? Not really. All right. No, I don't have it. So I got a few more now, and Rick will. I've already said to people. I pride. See, I built you up on Friday, Rick, on the on our phone system, and said you would come in with any NFL stuff we missed because we were not paying as much attention to the NFL this week. I got a few. Went into the Globe yesterday for Sunday's Globe and found a few more that I didn't know about. But the NFL, uh, Stefan Gilmore, the cornerback to Dallas from Indi- Indianapolis. Uh, for a, a fifth-round draft choice. Yeah, yeah, that was a trade. That was a fifth-round draft yeah. choice uh, this year. And then we have uh, Ezekiel Elliott was cut. I think we just had that li- like last week, but uh, nothing, I guess, has happened on the on his uh, – are any rumors about him at all? No, not really. Yeah. I, you know, he's been injured a lot. I mean, he's – and yes. running backs, we know, don't last very long. Unu- unusual ones do, but, it, you know, he's, he's at the time of a career where he'll be picked up, but he oh, yeah. just see him as a spot – you no know, more walk, no more walking the dog with Cowboys though. No, no more walking the dog. Uh, and so uh, Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the Jets. You know, that's what he says. He told Pat McAfee this week, and the, the Jets got Alan Lazard, as we said last week, for who was on one of uh, Rodgers' lists for being a, a receiver there. But they still need to work out the trade to get this to be done. And um, and the, and the, of course they'll get nothing uh, for him, the Packers, if he retires. So they they have an incentive to get this done, and I'm sure they want to get it done by draft day, if possible, so they can get some draft choices out of it. So has anybody heard any more about that? No, uh, nope. no. But Adam Shine, Adam Shine, though, for, who's on uh, Sirius XM, says that uh, in his mind that losing Aaron Rodgers is the darkest day in Packers history. Am I the only one that thinks that's just a little <laughs> melodramatic? No. Yeah, a little overdramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean you knew you knew this was gonna come to an end at some point. I mean I think losing the Super Bowl to Denver might be kind of a bad I would, day. <laughs> you know? I would have thought so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, Baker Mayfield, we had intimations of it, but he definitely did sign with Tampa Bay one year for $8 million. So it's one of these things. Tampa Bay doesn't have much money. Uh, they've still got Brady, I think, on the books for stuff. And so they just – it's a – you know, it's like one of these business deals, you know, Baker needs to rehabilitate his career. They need a quarterback. So he's there. He's not getting much money. He can move on. They can move on. So it's kind of like one of these, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, now this one I liked Juju Smith Schuster signed with the Patriots three years for uh, 33 million. I think he's better than Myers and he's been on my team and Juju has been on my team, both on my fantasy team. The thing that he does. And I, of course we got all Felger and Maz and them being negative as they always are. But the thing he does is yards, after the catch and Myers didn't do that Myers was very reliable catching the ball I don't think Juju's bad at it but Juju can take the ball and go somewhere with it afterwards he's done a lot of that yeah. so I think that's a good the deal. problem is though yeah. the problem is though they had pretty comfortable years last year and, and Juju was playing 
with Mahomes. He did exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know. Yeah. And he, but but he had some good years with Pittsburgh at the beginning with Roethlisberger too. So we'll see yeah. what he can do, and you know, uh, with what Bill O'Brien can do with him. Jacoby Prissett to Washington. Uh, money, the money. I didn't get the money uh, angle of it, but you know, he's gone to the Commanders. Again, one of those things. Uh, everybody's got to be play somewhere. Uh, Mike, and this is one I also like, uh, Mike Gazicki, uh, one year for nine with the Patriots as a tight end. I like him. He's one of the top in that second group, you know, behind Kittle and, um, and, uh, Kelsey, you know, he's like in that next group and he's one, he's one of the better tight ends in the league. So you got him and Hunter Henry, who's not bad. I think they can really uh, use the tight end position pretty well here. So that's, that's a good thing. And then I guess uh, they got uh, James Robinson. And what's the deal, Rick? I mean, people were really high on him when the Jets got him last year. This was like the best thing they'd ever done, you know, especially when Brees Hall went out and they said, okay, he's going he's gonna to go crazy here. And he didn't really hardly play, did he? No. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had a great year at Jacksonville. I think he was undrafted. And then he, he had a bad knee injury at the end of the season. And I don't think he was really recovered all the way last year. And then he got injured again. So he made, you know, a lot of times with these bad injuries, you need a whole year off before you really yeah. come back. Now, is he a, a pass catcher out of the backfield? Yes, he can be. Yeah, that's that's what see that's what they were lacking because they didn't have James White last year. So that's that'd yeah. be a good thing if they can get that out of them and running. Uh, but because they lost Damian Harris to to Buffalo, and I don't like yeah. the fact that he went to Buffalo. That's not good, and because he's got potential. Now he was hurt for about half the year too last year, but uh, you know he he did show some. Ramondre Stevenson was the better runner of the two, but uh, Harris was a good. Uh, you know, Ramondre was the thunder, and uh, Damian was the lightning kind of guy. So uh, hopefully. Robinson could be lightning to Ramondre Thunder. Um, O.J. Howard tied in to Las Vegas, Robert. What do you think yeah. about that? Uh, interesting choice. He did very good in Tampa Bay, and he did so-so in Houston, so we'll see what happens. I think the Raiders are going to draft a tight end myself. Yeah, they say it's a good year for tight ends, too. Yeah. And, but O.J. Howard is like Kasicki. He's in that next group. You know, people talk about when we, you know, we have to scrounge up tight ends every year for fantasy. And this is one of the guys that you, you know, like Kasicki that you grab, you know, if you can't get Kelsey or uh, or Kittle. So, you know, it's well, the next group. Well, in my opinion, we had a good tight end, but now he belongs to Rick. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton, again, had to play somewhere. And Carolina, I mean, I think what they're thinking is maybe the rookie that they get, whichever one of the two that they're going to get uh may not they may not want him to start uh, for right away so they're going to get dandy in there for two for 17 yep uh, i know andy's going to be a teacher basically yeah um you know for whoever they wind up drafting and i didn't know this i found this in the globe Mar- marcus Mar- mariota went to philadelphia so he's yeah, going to be gonna a backup be, he's going to be jalen hurts's backup because uh, gardner Minshew went to indianapolis Yes, well, we're gonna we'll we'll get to that, Robert. We don't want to. Uh, Case Keenum went to Houston, uh, two years for eight point two five million. So they've got they're they're going to get probably the other quarter. You know, the, the theory is they might get the other quarterback. You know, whichever yeah. uh, uh, Carolina doesn't take, and then uh, they'll have him and Davis Mills, and they can you know, mix and match until they feel that guy is ready. So that it looks like correct. neither of these guys may start right away. In these other situations in the past, like a few years ago with the Bears and, you know, with, uh, you know, Jacksonville and stuff, you kind of knew they had to start because there really wasn't much around them. This time I think the, they've felt maybe looking at some of these other guys, like look how long it took uh, J- Jacksonville's guy to get, get going, whose name escaped me right at the moment. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. To get, yeah, to get going, uh, you know, and maybe they feel that if he'd been able to sit for half a year, it might have helped. So, you no, know, who knows. 
and Gardner Minshew to the Colts uh, uh, for three point five million. And he's shown yeah. some uh, some stuff before, you know, like yeah. in that game uh, Christmas Eve against uh, Dallas, he he was pretty good. So uh, yep, you know, we'll see what he can do with the Colts. And, uh, and of course, the Colts uh, released Matt Ryan, and uh, they still have Nick Foles. So, uh, yep. and of course, the Colts are going to draft a quarterback. So, you figure Carolina, Houston, and the Colts, there, there's going to be three of your quarterbacks drafted. So, yeah. And um, you know, the thing they were saying about Matt Ryan, he uh, may be better off not playing because he's getting uh, more money for you know he's getting a yeah, full contract get, the Colts. He's going to get paid twelve million for not playing if he doesn't yeah. play anywhere. So he may not play. The well-traveled Brandon Cooks has traveled himself to Dallas for a fifth-round draft choice in 24, 23 and a sixth in 24. So uh, good luck. Maybe he'll learn that he's offense, a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, he wanted he's amazing that, yeah, he's played for, this is his fifth team, and that's not unusual if you go through free agency, but I think with him it's always been a trade. Yeah, yeah it's always been a trade, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh and then, uh, let's see, uh, were there any more uh, NFL things, Rick? Oh, you, you asked, like, the NFL and fantasy's not my, I, like, I have a lot of them. Let's see, uh, one thing that happened a few weeks ago that I, I keep forgetting to mention is that the league reinstated uh, Calvin Ridley, the receiver from his uh, gambling suspension. And oh, remember, yeah, he's, no, yeah, he's with Jacksonville now. He got traded, yeah. So that's another weapon for um, for Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston, got, in a trade, got God Shaft Mason from Tampa Bay. Uh, Pittsburgh signed defensive back uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, it's Carolina. Uh, oh, no, we did that Andy Dolphin. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about Jay Gardner Johnson, Rick, going to Detroit? You thought, yeah. With the year that he had in Philadelphia last year, I'm surprised that he only got a one-year deal for eight. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, and also the Giants. Yeah, the Giants safety um, um, Love went to Seattle. Another decent safety. Um, we mentioned that Matt Ryan got cut. Um, Detroit signed running back David Montgomery from Chicago. Oh yeah. Um, Which is a little yeah. bit surprising. I, I think a it lot is. of fan, a lot of fans yeah. were hoping he'd have stayed around with the Bears. Yeah. Um, Miami signed wide receiver Braxton Berrios. Uh, Carolina signed Miles Sanders, the running back. Okay. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia is sure letting a lot of people go. I mean. Well, I guess they got to get ready to pay the quarterback. You know? Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati signed off offensive tackle Orlando Brown from Kansas City. Uh, Denver signed running back Samaj P. Ryan from Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh, the Giants continue to to take apart Bills team, and they signed Paris Campbell, the wide receiver from Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bills, uh, Bills sounds impressed. Yeah. <laughs> He's only missed four years, so don't expect much. Hey, who go is ahead, Zach McKenzie? Rick, who is Zach McKenzie? Yeah. Who is Zach that, McKenzie? What, Bill, what do you hear about the Colts? Oh, I, I'll tell you that in a second. But who is Zach McKenzie? Zach McKenzie? The Colts just picked him up today from Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's yeah, he's a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that, that's there's your Paris Campbell answer, right he's there. Not bad. <laughs> I don't think he's bad. I mean, he wasn't the number. One. You know, obviously he was. Um, well, what that stuff digs, but you know he's he's Dig not Dig a bad receiver. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be better uh, than I Paris. That's an Campbell. upgrade over Paris Campbell. Let's put it yeah. that way. Paris, I'm going to be on the. He was <laughs> injured four out of his five years here. Didn't play. <laughs> so. so what do people think about them picking up Minshew, uh, Bill? Ah, uh, they could care less. Over Indiana and Purdue right now, yeah. you know, doing that. Yeah, they could what's care. the big? What's the big thing though, Bill? With the Colts, I mean, what 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 are the fans saying? Zach Richardson. They don't want the guy from Kentucky. Um, oh, uh, you mean Anthony Richardson from Florida? Yeah, 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 Anthony Richardson. Yeah. They don't want uh, the guy from Kentucky. Who would the if? They had their choice. Who would they like? Your quarterback from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, Stroud. Yeah. If they had their choice, but they don't have their choice because they didn't trade up. Nope. Right. So well, unless they do, unless they work out something with Houston or something. If Houston likes Richardson, for example, they and they want Stroud, they could you know package something for Houston. Right. No, I I have a feeling now. I could be completely wrong about this. I've been wrong about a lot of things, but I I have a feeling if Frank Wright is going to take the uh, the quarterback from uh, uh, Ohio State, CJ Stroud, and I think Houston will take the uh, quarterback from Alabama. So I think the Colts will have their choice. Of the guy from Florida or the guy from Kentucky when it gets Richardson, to Richardson, Levi, Kentucky, yeah. and then Levis from Florida. Will Levis, yeah. yeah. Will Levis from Kentucky and and yeah. uh, Richardson, yeah, Richardson from, from Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. so. Well, okay. Yeah. So Chicago, Chicago signed a couple of running backs: Travis Homer and Devontae. Um, what's his name? I forgot his name. If I, I'll get back to it. You played for Carolina last year. Okay. Um, New Orleans signed running back Jameis Williams from uh, Detroit, who scored like 13 touchdowns last year. Um, Tampa Bay signed running back Chase Edmonds. Houston, wide receiver Robert Woods. Uh, yeah. Carolina, Carolina signed wide receiver Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we mentioned Brandon. Um, I'm surprised Atlanta. Minnesota let him go, Rick. Uh, <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. That's I, a, I, I think, think he's getting up in age. Yeah, I think yeah. he's about done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Atlanta signed wide receiver Mac Hollins from Las Vegas. Uh, we mentioned Damian Harris. Uh, oh, Devontae Form- Foreman was the running back that the other running yeah. back that uh, Chicago yeah. signed. Uh, Houston signed tight end Dalton Schultz. Oh yeah, from Dallas. Uh, yeah, and we got the and. Chicago signed tight end Robert Tunyon from the oh, Packers. From Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Arizona, again going back to Bill's team, Arizona signed wide receiver Zach Pascal. Oh, yeah. And that's – so the only the, – the names I think that are still out there are for receivers, it's just it's just Od- Odell Beckham Jr., I think, and, and they're talking about maybe a trade for Hopkins or, or Jerry Judy. Running backs are still Devin Singletary, Zach, Zach from uh, Dallas and one um, Fournette, and quarterbacks are pretty much you know assuming Rodgers finally does go to the Jets. The only quarterbacks out there I don't think that have found a, a uh, landing place are the ones that probably keep Bill awake at night, and that's uh, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, guess- I'm guessing Bill. I'm guessing Bill. You would rather not have either one of those back if they. <laughs> yeah, at all. that's true. <laughs> right. 
Okay. All right. Any more NFL? Uh, I think Rick has uh, certainly uh, hit it out of the park. Well, I, I think Rick has. Uh, I think that's quite a, yeah. quite a bit. Very good. Okay. Hitting out of the park. <laughs> yes, being anything out of the boat. We got baseball going. We got the 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 okay. On uh, last Tuesday, uh, Puerto Rico won their WBC game, and afterwards, uh, Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, was hurt just jumping around with his team. He wasn't doing anything crazy. He wasn't jumping on the dugout or taking a high dive from the stands or anything like that. When it was first portrayed, it was said during the team celebration. You think about all kinds of crazy injuries that have happened, but this was just you know it could have happened in spring training. It could have happened walking down the street. I mean, you know, this is just one of those things. If you're going to go, it's going to go. So it's a patella tendon, and he's going to be out six to eight months. They said it could be six. It can be six, but often it's – usually it's eight. So he'll probably miss the whole season, maybe be out for the playoffs. What what happens is that the Mets don't have to pay because it happened in the WBC, so he, they don't have to pay his salary. It still counts against the luxury tax, and, of course, a year runs off his contract because that's the way the contracts work, whether you're injured or not. Uh, and uh, basically, then we got into a discussion this week on the system about <clears throat> the WBC. First of all, the players really like it. They are really getting into this, you know, uh, being you know, representing their country. And the and teams and the teams hate it. The teams yeah. hate it, yeah. but the the players, you know, the players' association would never now back down to not have it. And the other thing is too that people say, well, if they bring baseball back to the Olympics, they could do that. That would be MLB's worst nightmare. I mean, it, it, this year would be all right because the Olympics are in December or whatever they'll be in late November, December in Australia because that's what they do when it's over there. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, most Olympics are in July and August, and baseball, you you can't take the top. 100 players out of baseball and have them all go all over the place. The other thing, if you stop for two weeks, you get into the dreaded November World Series games that the owners think are so terrible. That's why we're playing March 30th here. I mean, they yeah, think well, it's warmer in March than it is in November just because that's what they think. They don't have any information. Yeah, Chris, well, the next Olympics are next year in Paris in 24, not 23. So you know. Okay. Well, they're in yeah. 20. Yeah, okay. The Olympics in 24 in Paris. I thought they were in uh, Australia. No, they're in Paris this time, so. Okay. Well, I, you know, I don't know what the status is of baseball, but and then people were talking, well, <clears throat> you might want to do it after the World Series, but you can't do that. The free agents wouldn't be able to play. You would have because no one would be well, supporting they, them. Well, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a second, Chris. They, they, the agents would be able to. They wouldn't because if, if they would get hurt, they wouldn't get as big of a contract. Yes. So they, right. they, they theoretically could play, but they, they wouldn't play. That's correct. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. And then uh, the other the other thing, too, is other leagues start. I think Japan gets going around that time. Certainly Mexico and Dominican Republic Winter Leagues get started. So, you know, this is the least um, bothersome to the international baseball community to have it at this time of the year, even though it's a pain <coughs> for the teams because of spring training. But baseball is not a a sport where you have to build cohesiveness. Yeah, you want your play by pl uh, your double play combination working together. Yeah, you want your pitcher working with the catchers. Uh, you know, pitchers working with the catchers. That's true. Other than that, baseball's a very individual game. If Yoshida's hitting in the WBC, it's doing the Red Sox just as much good to see even better quality pitching and having him hit as it is if he were in, uh, you know, uh, Fort Myers doing it. So that that was my thought about it. Has, has anybody heard what the and ratings are like for the World Baseball Classic? Heard what? Uh, what the, the ratings? Semifinal. 
semifinals were not great, but look when they were going, they were going ahead to get in March Madness. But the early rounds were doing well, and we'll see tonight because yeah, it's it U.S. Be and Japan. So yeah. those of you that are listening, you'll you'll already know listening on the podcast what happened. But right. as you listen live, it's tonight. So that and Otani, of course, you know he's knocking it out of the park. No, no pun intended. He is he's tearing it up for Japan, and you know, see Otani and the U.S. playing each other. So that could be a good pretty good matchup. But we've also had a Cuban player defect. He didn't make oh, it back to Cuba. Yeah, the 26-year-old pitcher, they noticed on the bus there was one less person when they got there. And they're like, oh, they said, oh, defected. I wondered if that was going to happen since they were playing in Florida. Yep. I wondered, and it did. Mm-hmm. Jose Altuve also got hurt. He got hit by uh, Daniel Bard. I was amazed. Now, see, I don't follow the National League very much, but all of a sudden I was listening to the U.S.-Mexico game last week, and in comes Daniel Bard. And I said, oh, yeah, I heard he was back. And, boy, he was just a Daniel Bard I remembered. He was terrible against Mexico. <laughs> he was wild, and that was his problem here. And, you know, they gave him the closing job in 2012, and that's one of the problems with the team. They had to take it away from him after three weeks. He was so but bad. But- He's been pretty good with the Rockies. Yeah, he was. That's what they said. His stats were good with the Rockies, but then he hit Jose Altuve, so he's going to be out for a little while. I guess could he have he could have a broken thumb. He does uh, have a broken thumb, and they're expecting weeks. it to be eight to ten weeks. Okay. Jamal, go ahead but, and unmute. We'll get you in just a second. But uh, just to be fair, Brandon Nemo got hurt with the Mets uh, sliding into second base, not in the WBC, and right. he'll be out at least opening day and for a few weeks. So uh, And John and – I was listening today to the Yankees broadcast, and John and Susan were talking about injuries, and she said that she has seen more oblique injuries this year than ever. So mm-hmm. she said there's a lot of obliques going around. Yeah. All right, and Jamal, you got an oblique injury? Those, those are hard to hear. No, let's hope he doesn't. Jamal, let's hope you're okay. How are you? I know. Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good, Jamal. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay, a couple things. I just listened to your coverage on the NFL. I wanted the Bears sign anybody today in free agency or on Sunday. Not that I heard of. Not that it hurt. Okay. No. I mean, it, it seems like, the, I mean, although I wish they would have signed one more uh, offensive lineman during the free agency period. I was hoping they would have signed Orlando Brown, but for whatever reason, they decided not to go there. So I don't know why. But as Yeah, for that would have been good. Right. As for the World Baseball Classic, I've heard mixed reviews about it. I heard some people say that the major leagues shouldn't have allowed their players to play in it. I heard other people say that the that it helps the major league players. I don't know how I come down on it because I heard about the Mets reliever, mm-hmm. the Mets closer getting hurt in a celebration. Then you got some about two getting hit, another guy getting hurt. So you know, for those, I don't know for, those about who, this. Jamal, for those who say that the team shouldn't, the teams can't do that. They, yeah, they can't it's negotiate. It's in the contract. They cannot. Yeah. Okay. They All right. Cannot well, that's, that. well, that's good to know. But I would just have mixed feelings about it. But I can understand that it's in the contract. It's in the contract. And also, mm-hmm. talk about the NCAA tournament, this thing's getting very interesting. You know, we need various to see if coming up in the Sweet 16, if the two remaining number one seeds get knocked off or will they go all the way through? You know, uh, Houston was. Well, we'll find out. The only reason Houston really won, Houston won because. Uh, Auburn could have brought time a barn from a free throw line, mainly. <laughs> you know, if Auburn hit the free throw low, who knows who would have happened in that game. And then Alabama's one, but I think Alabama's pretty strong anyway. Bama might yeah. be the only one that could possibly get all the way through. But it, this is going to be interesting to see this week. Yep. Okay, Jamal. All right. All right. So, uh, Vaughn hey, Griffin. Job, Jamal. 
Yeah, good. Vaughn uh, Griffin was sent down by Atlanta to uh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth, I should say, and should and the shortstop now will be or, Orlando Arias, Arcia, I'm sorry. Arcia, Arcia. Arcia will start. And then Philadelphia uh, released uh, Mark Appel, a 2013 number one draft choice, and he's a reliever, and he only pitched, I guess, last year, so it took him a while right. to make it. He was Well, he's been he's had injury after injury, so that's why it took him so long. And they're saying the Yankees have a surplus of infielders. So if you want an infielder, go talk to the Yankees if you're not in the American League. <laughs> yes, Yankees, go talk. And it sounds like real quick before we get – I know we got to get to the Willis-Reed thing here real, yep. in a minute. But uh, there could be some tweaks to the to the new rules. Apparently, the players have proposed instead of 15 seconds to 20 seconds, and the hitters are a little upset that they have to engage the pitcher eight seconds before – uh, they're ready, so they might do something there, but they have not yet, so we will keep you posted on that as we go forward. Yeah, I had a feeling when this came in that they'd have to see it in spring training. To me, it seems just a little rushed. It seems a little faster than the baseball. I remember when the games were two and a half hours in 1970. It seems just a little bit too fast. I think five seconds, uh, you know, 25 on, on the uh, – Reg, uh, tw- running or the, with the runner on 20 and uh, maybe engagement at, uh, you know, six or five seconds might be a little better. You know, just, just tweak it a little bit. It's a good concept. The, the shift is good because the ball's being put in play a lot. People aren't standing there taking walk after walk, you know, and things like that. So uh, in, in general, it's, it's pretty cool. But I'll tell you what, that game was long last night. I listened to that, uh, you know, Mexico-Japan yep. game. That was long, but it was good because it was close all the way through, and it was interesting. It was dramatic. Well, so, John, uh, John and Susan were saying today what they think you're going to see with more uh, with these new rules is more stolen bases and a mm-hmm. lot more base hits without that shift. Correct, and that's going to be good. So why don't we – our top story really today it was changed because of the death of an all-time great Willis Reed of the New York Knicks uh, who won the championship in 1970 in a very dramatic way that I'm sure will be covered in this uh, uh, bit that we're going to have from uh, from Bill if he can set it up for us. It's about three minutes, so if you have it, Bill, uh, go for it. 19 Willis Reed, taken by Oscar Robertson. John Havlicek, a lead pass to Reed, and the East leads 4-2. to two. Robertson deflects the ball. Frazier saves it under to his teammate Reed. Hayes defensively. Red trim. Havlicek, Willis Reed guarded by Baylor. 15 to 9.
was made for TV. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> but I'll bet, were, I'll bet, I'll bet what it was is they were showing high, Willis Reed highlights. Probably yeah. the right. uh, biggest yeah. highlight was uh, in 1970 and yep. uh, what happened? Seven, you guys right? that were around then? Yeah. So yeah, oh, I was around. So what happened was it was the Lakers Knicks at, at Madison Square Garden, seventh game of the finals. Of course, the first year that the Celtics hadn't been in the finals. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they were out a few years earlier. But the point is that this was like the passing of the torch. And this was the Knicks yeah. going after the Lakers. The Knicks had never won a title. And Willis Reed had been hurt in the middle of the series. And he wasn't supposed to play. And all of a sudden, he's warming up. And he's got his warm-up stuff off. And then he comes in and starts the game. The Knicks went out, pulled way ahead of the Lakers and beat them very soundly, probably by 20 points. And the Knicks got their first championship. He was a part of that team, an uh, integral part, you know, with Dave DeBusher, Walt Frazier, you know, uh, all those guys. And, um, you know, uh, so he was a, a great player. Came from a small school. I forget which school it was. Luke Jackson was part of, I mean, not Luke Jackson. Phil Jackson was part of that team. And, uh, you know, the point is, he did, that was the most dramatic moment in probably the NBA history for a player coming into a game like that. We've had dramatic shots. We've had a lot of other stuff. But that was the one, that's the moment that people who were maybe even six, seven years old, if they were Nick fans, they remember that because yep. he wasn't supposed to play, and there he was. So uh, that, that's what he's going to be remembered that's by. What he'll and you got remembered. to hear Chris Schenkel, you lucky people. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> and, and we better we better wrap it up, Sean, so the bill can reset for the book talk show. Right. Yep. Okay. That's right. Get your podcast wherever you can leave, wherever you can get your podcast. They're available everywhere. If you want to comment on anything throughout the week that you heard, uh, 800-693-0595, option two, or sports lounge at allthingsradio.net. Come back next week. We'll talk more about Willis Reed and our award-winning baseball predictions. you got to be here for that one, folks. But, yeah, stay tuned for book talk. And until next week, we will see ya.